adversity and Can I just like put on the headphones and have someone take my picture? Absolutely. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, we'll probably be podcasting in this in this later, um, and we can definitely get into some cool stuff. But we're using this little tiny mic. It's adorable, though. It's got like a little toupee on. It's that is actually a windsock. Oh. Yeah. I, I learned some <laughs> shit <laughs> doing this for so long. Ah, actually, I actually have like a big mic and a whole studio thing when I do virtual stuff. It's like like these and stuff, but yeah. honestly, um, this thing works fantastic. This, thing. this is awesome. I'm so excited that I was able to meet up with you in person. I thought it sounded like such an awesome opportunity to like talk to you, especially if you just think about the title of your podcast. It's like Badass Adventure. I was like, well, that sounds like me for sure. I know, right? I mean, I fucking loved it. Um, and then I was like, a lot of times I can't stand listening to a podcast where someone is recording remotely and each person has sort of like a different audio and uh-huh. it kind of gets on my nerves. So I was like, I appreciate that you want to talk to me, but we have to wait until... We can be in the same place at the same time. It's a lot more fun that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure I could have had fun just sitting in my own apartment drinking beer. But uh, <laughs> I like to think that this will be even more. <laughs> it's it's a lot more enjoyable when you get to play off like an actual person being here. Hey, guess what? We're also competing. Yes. Fuck yeah. Do you want to be in the women's division, and so we can really see how we go head to head? <clears throat> I will lose <laughs> every single time. I will concede. Um, yeah, um, I am nowhere near like you know perfection. No, I'm nowhere near that at all. I probably have trained less than fifty hours in the last year. Okay. Less, less than that. I mean, oh, I hate to say this, but I have trained very, very, very few hours in the last year. This assignment that I'm working in now being overseas it's tough because my previous job my previous role was on like a tactical crisis response team so if we weren't deploying for certain situations around the world our full-time job was to train so there was some office stuff we could do but for the most part like if you wanted to fill your day with going to the range or going to jujitsu or working out like, that was kind of the expectation, and that's sort of what they wanted you to be doing so that you would be maximum readiness when it came time to go out on a mission. And so I was very fortunate, very spoiled with the amount of ammo I was able to shoot, the rounds I was able to put down range. The external training courses that we went to were phenomenal, and our own training cadre in-house was sensational. So... I constantly had an instructor right there that was helping me to try to reach a higher and higher level. Um, Now, coming out and competing, 
in USPSA or Steel Challenge or the Tactical Games or now being here to do the Patriot Games exposed me to people from the competition shooting world. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you thought you were, you know, a big badass. Like, and <laughs> you get humbled real fast when you come out and compete, which is why I think a lot of people in our industry, uh, in law enforcement, like shy away from competition because it kind of bursts your bubble a little bit when you realize that you're not as great as you thought. Oh, man. <laughs> kick my ball. Yeah. Oh. So I was doing all this training for work and then in my personal time I was doing even more of it coming out and competing every opportunity I had and then I go overseas and my job is more of security management mm -hmm. and it's managing all these different programs to make sure that the herding U.S. Cats. employees are exactly it is a lot of herding cats up but to make sure everybody is safe and it's there's no more hands-on tactical stuff oh. Basically, the highlight of my time is every couple months. <laughs> nice. You can tell that wasn't me because I was in mid-sentence. Um, but the highlight of my job there is to take the Marine security guards to the range for their calls that they have to do every few months. And I might demonstrate a couple things when I'm trying to give them tips on you know, improving mm -hmm. the fundamentals. But I maybe go out and shoot like 10 rounds total the whole day. And so I feel like since I arrived there a year ago, my skills have really just tanked. Um, Johnson, you know, I, said, I just want to do some training. Yeah. <laughs> it's killing me because I just want to hold myself to a high standard. And I've, I want to keep getting better and better and better. And the idea that you are backsliding and you're yeah, kind of yeah. undoing this hard work is really hard to accept. So I mean, I understand and completely agree because I decided to uh, uh, do the things that I do. Uh, so like we're smack dab in the middle of hunting season, and I have no way at all prepared for hunting season whatsoever. So for those who follow the podcast and uh, you're aware of, and I, <clears throat> I have just completed my year long burdens. Divorce. Oh, oh, here it is. Phew. Congratulations. Did you have one of those like divorce parties like ladies are doing now? Like no. a sex on the city, sex in the city style? No, this, this is my divorce party. Oh, okay. This, <laughs> we're going to need cheers. more drinks. Yeah, we're going to need more drinks. I guess I, I could also be having a I wasn't married, but it kind of was like a divorce, divorce party. So oh, yeah. let's high five that oh, one. <laughs> got it. Yeah, so like... That, like, you're, you're aware of, like, emotionally sucks up your time. Just sucks everything up. You're like, oh, my God. And then, of course, you know, and you ask questions. Like, okay, now that I'm a single guy, what do I do, right? You know, so, so I kind of, like, take, this is, the, this is the icebreaker. Fuck it. You know, we're going to go off on a tangent here. So Let's I, do it. I decided, it's like, I've never done this before in my life. Never, like, truly dated here I am in my fucking 30s, my ex-wife, trying to be as respectful as I can, but sorry, um, cheated on me. All right, so that's common. That's going around these days. Yeah, I think yeah. Hashtag COVID, I mean, I mean, that seems to be like the, the thing, right? And, um, but yeah, her whole thing was she decided to um, cheat on me with another married man, fall oh. in love with him, and that's what she wants. 
I'm at a point about the app and it's cringe. It's super cringe. Not as cringe as there's a new dog walker you didn't know about. Right. And now the new dog walker is the new girlfriend, even though you were told that you were not getting cheated on and there was no one else in the picture. Mine might be even more cringe. Yeah, that was actually pretty cringe. I'm not going to lie to you. That was kind of cringe. Um, um, I never knew this guy. I heard of him in passing at this run club. So she got into this run club that was, well, they, did, they didn't have a run club. They're a group of people that go drink. And they run beforehand to justify the amount of booze they consume. Oh, yeah. I think they used to call that hashing or something, right? But now is it just I have no clue. like a weird calorie earning I mean, sort they, of it's, thing? It's, well, it, it's a positive thing linked with a few other things. It's probably the people within it is like the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a run, running store that was local. It was actually, I've actually interviewed her. She's a fantastic woman. And uh, her husband is a physical therapist, and they developed this sort of run club thing to help the people, you know, lose weight, get into their fitness goals. Um, my ex-wife, she—that was the one pot. Go for it. Don't give shit. That was one positive. Um, I'm trying to be ladylike. <laughs> that might be the first time in my life. <laughs> so like. Um, so, 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 yeah, she, she kind of, that was her one thing that helped her lose weight. It was a positive thing. And I encouraged her to get into something like that. Yeah. Because I knew she was going through a hard time when we moved up to uh, Virginia. Because we're not around friends and family that she knew. Yeah. She's stressed out about work. I'm unable to make any difference no matter how much I try. I kind of helped her go towards this direction. She was feeling better about herself, so on and so forth. And then as the COVID wrap-up happened... I learned later that this was going on a lot longer. Oh. But how I started noticing things is she kept on coming home late, getting more and more drunk, smelling like booze, mm-hmm. later and later and later, and here I am taking care of our daughter who's having uh, separation anxiety and wants us to sleep in her room oh. uh, when she goes to sleep at night, and her mother's not coming home until 2 o'clock in the morning. So... I didn't know what was going on until I got back from a 10-day hunt with a friend of mine who, um, I, we have we have a pretty strong connection. Um, that he attributes me, my actions, which were pretty infinitesimal on my, my part, to saving his life and saving his men's life in Afghanistan. Oh. Uh, that's a story for another day. Okay. Um, and I'll get emotional if I get too far into it, but okay. I was with him and... That I hadn't seen him in years, like since I got out. Uh, we went on a bear hunt together, and then my other buddies were gonna do uh, an elk hunt in Oregon, so I kind of tacked it on there, and I just did ten days, and it was a fun trip. It was fantastic. Yeah. And halfway through, I had this premonition, right, this, this dream that she was cheating on me. Except it was with a woman. It was kind of weird. Okay. Now, oh, so that was you adding your part. Now, 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 you know, considering the individual, it's not too far from truth. But, uh, oh, 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 I think we just insulted this poor guy. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, fuck it, I don't care. Um, um, no, but yeah, I had a premonition, called her, she had like this business voice. Anyways, fast forward, get back home, and, um, I just got angry at her, like just livid, like just furious, fury. I don't know why. 
Hmm. And I could not place it. Like, our daughter was being, you know, three-year-old kid, you know? And I just was, it was misplaced, like, emotion. I didn't understand it. She comes, walks to the door. She's like, what's wrong? And I looked at her, and I said, you tell me. And she broke right there. And then she turned and looked at me, and she said, I no longer love you. Boom, I I shattered to a million pieces right then and there. Um, She gave me some really crappy excuse. She wanted to separate. Later, I found out she was cheating on me. Yeah. And when I confronted her on it, sorry to say, she um, did the whole deny, deny, deny sort of thing. And I had to have picture-proof evidence in order to, to um, show her that I knew. Oh, man. Um, and it's pretty pretty drama, pretty cringy, and I'm sure everyone who's listening is probably going to want more cringe. Um, yeah. Damn. It was a picture dated three days before I got home in my house holding my kid. Oh, fuck. So at the time, that's a no-no. Right? Mm-hmm. That's other people who don't have the same disposition as I, I have probably would have killed the son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a different kind of person. Yeah. So I had to deal with that. And last week on Friday, last Friday actually, I sat down with him and confronted him for the first time. He failed to, uh, well, we confronted him. I confronted him earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught them violating our agreement, our separation agreement, and oh yeah, I blew up at them. It was fantastic. Um, but he denied me the chance of sitting down and talking face to face like a man. So we had to wait an entire year. Kind of shows you kind of individual he is. Um, oh man. So yeah, yeah, sat down with him finally, and he came to me with a very selfish mindset. And I basically told him that he can just, he doesn't matter. And he can go away with that crap. And I walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wants to get back together again and have a respectful conversation, sure, we will do that. Because uh, me and my ex right now have had those conversations. And we've grown through our divorce, no matter how bad it was and cringy it was. Yeah. We, we got through it. Um, she understands that her behavior was pretty apparent, abhorrent. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we worked through that, and we're now in a good place with each other and with and in regards to our daughter, because that's that's what matters right now is our daughter. Um, yeah, and we've got to this point. It took us. It took us a while. It took us a while to get here, and I even had to humble myself. And to finally decide that I'm borrowing too much pain and I had to come across the table and, you know, offer peace. I had to do that because uh, I was just, I was too emotional with everything. Mm-hmm. And finally, I decided that the pain is no longer worth it. And I gave it all up. And that was, that was a hell of a turning point. Um, I'm going to have a guest on, on another podcast where we're going to actually talk about pain. I could come back for that one because <laughs> the last six months of my life have been pretty well, well, fucking painful. If you would like to get into that, sure. Because uh, I know this was an interesting podcast because I know you can relate to this. Yeah. Before we get to the meat of the stuff that I usually get into, go, go ahead. If you want to share, you can. 
my situation, it's been tough. I'm finally in a better place now, I think. It's really important to me to kind of like feel the feelings and go through them and experience them and process them and talk about them because I don't want to just pack it in a suitcase and have it be more baggage that I carry into the next part of my life where I could meet somebody that is actually better for me and actually, you know, cares about me enough mm-hmm. for the long run. And the last thing I want to do is bring all this bullshit with me and not trust the person or, you know, just kind of ruin the relationship because of what I experienced this year. But it was, it was pretty nasty. It's, it's really hard when you think you found this person that's so great and they're on your level in terms of like character and integrity and of course with him being another law enforcement officer as well Mm -hmm. you would think that he would do what's right be honest and so when all of this happened it was basically everything was going great uh i moved overseas for work i was supposed to be assigned there for two years it was There were no issues leading up to that. There was no concern that this was going to affect the relationship negatively. We had already been long distance for many years because our work was keeping us in different places. And so it was like, yeah, we'll have a time difference that we'll have to deal with, but no big deal. And so for the first few months, it was, I had my friend being like, oh, how are things going? You know, how's the relationship? And I was like, great, we're better than ever. Like, we don't fight about stuff. I trust him. You know, I want him to be going out and having fun and seeing friends and doing stuff. Like everything is great. We are so solid. And, uh, we normally, because of COVID, we normally would have seen each other much sooner after I moved, but we ended up going like almost six months before we could have a visit because he couldn't come from the U S and we had to wait until I could take leave and come back home. So it was only a couple months before okay. it was only a couple months before I was supposed to come home that all of a sudden no it was not even a couple months. I want to say it was like 3 weeks. It was like 3 weeks before I was supposed to finally come home. And side note, my job over there is extremely stressful. I think our office is understaffed and because of the pandemic, they have reduced in-person staffing levels so my boss teleworks three days a week which means i'm the only one there in person most days to deal with the phone calls and the people that come to the office and the questions and the 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 fires that need to be put out and so i have been getting my ass kicked since i arrived Um, and every time i learn a new skill that becomes another one of my primary responsibilities and it just gets added to the list. I don't get to give anything back. So the stress has just been building and building and building during my six months of this tour. And so I'm finally getting to the point where I can see the vacation in sight. I'm oh. going to go home. I'm going to see my sister. I'm going to see my boyfriend. I'm going to see my dog. There was a whole mix up with my housing assignment where I couldn't bring her with me initially. And so I was stoked looking forward to this trip 
And then all of a sudden, one day there's a call. It's like, you know, I thought about it and I'm not really excited to see you. And I was like, what? That's weird. I was like, is this because I asked you to not do your training that you told me for work because I wanted to go go to the tactical games in New Hampshire and get a lake house? Like, I didn't realize that was going to be a problem. So we don't have to do that. Like you can go to your training if you want. And it was like, Oh, well, that's not really it. I just, I haven't been happy for years and you haven't um, either. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I think this has been great. And like, I was just kind of wondering, you know, when someday he might want to pop the question and like make it official. So he gave me the, I need space, which is a weird ass thing to say to someone that lives 5,000 miles away. Uh-huh. And This is where, this is the part of the story where I really started to recognize my own personal growth because in the past, if someone was like, I need space and they started to pull away, I would have just like clung, right? I would have tried to hold on tighter and tighter and be like, no, we need to talk about this. We need to work through this. We need to resolve this. Ah, and I knew that that would have only pushed him away more. So I was like, okay, take your space. You call me when you're ready to talk. And when he called me, he was like, this isn't working. And so I was like, this is out of nowhere. Like Mm -hmm. no arguments, no nothing. I was like, so is there somebody else in the picture? Because this sort of all of a sudden change of heart usually only happens when you've kind of been cozying up to someone else. And he was like, no, that's not it. I'm just in a dark place. I just you know, uh, I I don't know. I'm not happy, whatever. And exactly. So I was like, okay, well, you know, it sounds like you have some stuff to work through. Maybe you should talk to someone like to think that you are this uh, tough guy where this year and a half of a global pandemic has not had any effect on you is foolish. So We're all feeling the COVID fatigue, you know, everybody is kind of run down from this. We all have our work stress and everything on top of pandemic stress. And so maybe you should talk to someone. And I was like, do that, you know, and then like call me if you want, but otherwise take your space and and start working through your, whatever you got going on. Cause I don't think this is about me at all. And five days before I was supposed to go home, for my first visit in six months after, keep in mind, I moved to a new country during a pandemic where I arrived and like immediately had to quarantine. I live alone. And then there are these nationwide lockdowns where you can't go out. No one can come to your house. I'm basically totally isolated in a new place away from my friends and family and my significant other and my dog still. So it was it was really hard. And it was like, I really needed someone to support me, but I was like, Nope, I think he's going through a thing. So I'm going to put my feelings and my needs aside and I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to be there to support him. Right. How fucking big of me. Like you can't ask for a better girlfriend. <laughs> Damn, right? So right. Fuck. <laughs> five days before I'm supposed to go home, I get a breakup email oh, God. to end an eight year relationship. Jesus. So like, Jane. yeah. And it was basically like, I don't have the energy to do this. My heart's not in it. I don't want to pretend. 
And I was like, okay, look. You fucking someone. It seems, <laughs> yes, right? And that's what I kept, like, at, all along the way, I kept saying, the things he's doing only make sense if yep. there's somebody else. Yep. But he said that there wasn't, and I trusted him, and I believed him. And so I got the email, and I was like, okay, look. It sounds like you have this idea that the date that I come home is kind of this deadline where you need to either be all in the relationship or all out. And that's not the case. I'm going to come home. I'm going to see my family. I'm going to go do tactical competitions. I'm going to go hang out with my best friend. I'm going to go do jujitsu. Like I'm going to be doing cool stuff and trying to get away from the stress of my work. If you want to be a part of that, you can. If you still need your space, I understand. Mm -hmm. And we can take kind of a break or whatever. Uh, like, immature Adriana never would have been cool with that. But <laughs> I was really impressed with my own growth. So, so adulting. It was really impressive. And, uh, yeah, so I was doing my thing. He was, like, totally avoiding me. Cold, aloof, right? Like, it was torturous he's like mostly not ever staying in the apartment i'm gonna stay at a hotel i'm gonna stay at a buddy's house i'm doing this and that if he did stay in the apartment he was like i'm gonna sleep on the couch and that was hard to hear because it's like normally when someone sleeps on the couch they're in the dog house and it's because they've done something wrong and like what did i do what did i do like i've only ever been great to you and he wouldn't talk to me Eventually, he gave me this whole spiel about how, like, early in my relationship, oh. he became afraid of conflict because I don't mind arguing and I will throw down with somebody in a, in a debate. Oh, yeah. uh, and so I was intense and he was afraid of that. So he gave me this whole thing where he's like, oh, now I've got all this resentment and, and uh -huh. I, I can't talk to you. And um, so I was like, okay, well... How about counseling? You know, if this was a marriage, if this was an eight-year marriage, we would go do some couples counseling before you split up, right? Mine straight up refused. Mine straight up refused, yeah. right? That's They're a like, nope, I don't need that. Common no. theme among cheaters. Really? Okay, you, okay, we don't we don't need to work through our bullshit. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Peace. And here's the thing that's so. And that was before different. I learned she was cheating. Right. Was yeah, and this was same and. And so it was like, okay, well, I came to the conclusion that somebody that doesn't want to communicate with me and somebody that is just going to bail when things get stressful mm -hmm. is not a good partner. And I thought this was the man I was going to marry, but clearly not. So I guess we have no choice but to go our separate ways. And uh, so we did. And then, this, th then it was after, right? And then it was... Um, yeah, and it was uh, find out some other stuff after. So he still to this day nice. has not admitted. We don't we don't talk. We haven't. The only interaction we've had is, is, has been emailing about my dog and mm. him refusing to return her to me. Mm. So now I have to go to court to get my dog back from this dude. So it's actually, ex actually a thing. Explain to me how you can stoop to this level. Explain to me how someone can, can lack character and integrity so much that they can not just cheat on you, blindside you, end your almost decade-long relationship with an email, lie about cheating on you, cheat, lie, all, all of these horrible things, and then 
your steal dog. your fucking dog. Yeah. Steal your dog. And all I want to do is just go John Wick on this motherfucker. Fuck yeah. But apparently, you know, because murder is frowned upon, <sighs> instead, I need to now invest like 10 grand into going and fighting this in court to have my own dog like legally turned back over to me. So the thing that really pisses me off about the whole situation is like, okay, relationships end. Sometimes they don't end on the best of terms. A lot of dudes don't treat their wife or girlfriend well through the course of a breakup. But ultimately it's like, I'm not just some girlfriend. Like I'm also a fellow law enforcement officer. Like I'm also in that sisterhood, that brotherhood. And so to have this guy from another federal agency, like just be so willing to just fuck over another law enforcement officer is just insane and unforgivable. And the level of like scumbaggery that you have to reach to do that is horrendous. It like lifts the blinders off your face and you're like, holy shit, people can actually be assholes. And And the the crazy thing is that I, I look back at some of the things that I did and it's like, man, nobody really deserves what I went through. But I think it was maybe just in August was I think like the three year anniversary, uh, I believe, or maybe four, was it 2017? No, uh, three or four years that I was on a deployment to Mogadishu and I was supposed to be there for 60 days. And I got a message from his sister on Facebook one morning that said uh, he had blown his hand off with a flashbang and I basically jumped on a flight to Nairobi, came back to New York, like didn't sleep for, I don't know, 36 hours, arrived at the hospital before he was even let out of the intensive recovery Mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Before he was even able to make a phone call, I was there in person. And the amount of I don't know, the amount of like commitment and concern and love that I had for this person that I would literally go through fire for him. And I showed up and I spent about a month there in New York being his home nurse, cook, cleaner, driving him. He had both of his hands were fucked up because of this flashbang that went off. And I was changing bandages on his hands all day. You're washing and wiping somebody's ass for like a month because they can't do it themselves. And I just really struggle to understand how you could take, Mm -hmm. you could take all of that from someone. Mm -hmm. And then just later on with no conscience, no remorse, Mm -hmm. treat them like absolute, trash like they don't even warrant an honest admission of what's going on they don't even warrant like an actual conversation so they can have closure and they don't warrant having the dog that they wanted to adopt that they picked out that they did the paperwork on that that they were supposed to take overseas with them uh, as soon as the housing situation was resolved this person that has done so much for you and would sacrifice anything to be there for you in your darkest hour. You they, the one thing. they don't deserve 
like even the slightest shred of respect and dignity through through this breakup process like how is that someone that should be in this line of work someone that just like that can turn off whatever feelings they had or pretended to have and just with with just this cold callous emptiness just be like i do what i want fuck you and that has been really hard for me to accept um, that I was on the receiving end of all of that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a shit, shit in the stick. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not to be disrespectful, but it fucking sucks. And you just want to fucking beat the shit out of them. Because uh, they, they deserve it. But then, you know, the most adult thing to do is quite literally here we are, the ones being cheated on, being shit on. And there's nothing for us to do but sit here and receive it yep. and take that shit. And there's nothing, and at the end of the day, this is what I hated the most about going through my shit. I have to feel all pain. I have to feel, you have to feel every single ounce of it and just currently still feeling it and go through it and go through it. And there's, there's no remorse. There's no... There's no letting off the gas. It's going 110 miles an hour and expecting to go 120. And you're running to a freaking wall. You, you see the walls coming, and there's no way to get it. There's nothing. There's nothing you do. You're strapped in the passenger seat. And what the death? What's that stupid movie? Uh, um, death Final Jam? Destination. Oh. Death Car. <laughs> okay. What was the one for Quentin Tarantino? Death you know? Race or some it's, shit? It's something that I don't know. I, 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 I just can't believe I didn't see it. Cine- cinephile is, is not, you know, uh, I have a mind blank here. I drove 13 and a half hours. Forgive me, audience. But, uh, um, but it, there's this movie with Quentin Tarantino, kind of like this grindhouse sort of like the seminar, you know, like the, the chip, the amputee with the freaking, you know, M4 and the grenade launcher shooting zombies. It's that one. Um, it's part of a three movie thing. There it is. Death Proof. Thank you for the win. Uh, 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 Andrew, Angela. Angela. Sister. Sister. All right, cool. Excellent. Finally. Oh, producer, right? Produ- put, yeah, put there we go. Put her on the payroll. Call, call a producer. Thank you, Angela. Uh, uh, by the way, this is Adriana. We didn't introduce beforehand. Huh. Welcome, audience. You're getting shotgun blasted today. Kapow. Kurt Bain style. Let's do this shit. Oh, my God. And I thought maybe we would talk about, like... Issues being a woman in law enforcement. It's like, no, let's just get no, down no, to just being cheated on. Fucking raw. <laughs> just let's do it. We're here. We're live. Uh, uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna quantify this as our story of adversity. Okay. Uh, um, kind of broke the ice a little bit there, but no, this is our story of adversity, right? But I'm yeah. sure you got some. You touched on some interesting things beforehand. I don't know if you want to go in a little bit depth, but yeah, and uh, just kind of wrap up that segment. Yeah, just being cheated on sucks. A lot of people go through it. A lot of people go through divorces. I learned, oh, that's a, it's common. Mm-hmm. It is a common fucking thing. And at the end, when you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. And you're just, everything sucks. And you're trying to latch on to anything that's going to pull you out of this, this sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Or, you, or my, my analogy that I like is, you're in a dark, you're in an ocean somewhere, it's storming and raging around you, you got 60 foot swells, and you're paddling and paddling and paddling, and you cannot find a way out, you're just going in circles. That's what it fucking feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and everyone who's gone through this and I, uh, and everyone who continues when they have years and time and distance behind it, they turn and look at you and be like, it takes time. Like, fuck you. I want to punch you. I want to reach, across. I want to reach through the, the telephone right now. Just, and you know it's you know they're right yeah, you know it's are. true you've been through you've been through pain and shitty situations in the past and you know that like eventually you look back and you're like why was i so broken up about that right. <laughs> person and you know that you will get to the point where you're not hurting like that but it's like it's oh so, my god you're in it you can't you can't get there fast enough. Mm-hmm. You can't speed up the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people will try to or dull the pain, you know, they'll drink too much or they'll throw themselves into work or whatever. But I really, I really was like, you know what? I am strong mm-hmm. and I know that I can do this the right way, which is to sit in it and suffer and feel. Yeah. Feel all this bullshit, suffer through it, and that's the only way for me when I finally can like look and say, you know what, I'm in a good place. Yeah. Um, that's the only way for me to get there whole and to not leave part of myself behind because I tried to make that shitty part easier. Like yeah. the shitty part is going to be shitty. And that's, I think like a lot of things in life, you, you just have to be willing to suffer for a little bit. Uh, and it's, ugh, it's it, was, it was bad. Like, like, uh, unfortunately, um, I had a rebound that didn't want to be a rebound, but it was a rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, um, gave me that same advice, same advice that I'm giving now. And it, it didn't end well. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. It was, it, it was, she was a really good person. She really was. Um, unfortunate, you know. But hey, it was what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And I needed to move through that. Because as soon as, as soon as that ended, I moved right into another terrible relationship. that oh. ended even, bad, even worse. And I realized the mistakes I did during that and then previously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm making a lot of mistakes here. Well, let's go make some more freaking mistakes, figure out what, what is what I don't want and then what I do want. And then um, just recently, I thought I had what I wanted. It was fantastic. It was great. It was, And then I made a leap forward because that person, that woman came to me in her, because she's going through a similar situation, you know, divorce and all that sort of stuff. Jeez. And I understand, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, this is interesting. And it's a really, really good person. And she she couldn't do, do a relationship anymore. She just couldn't do it. And I was like, okay. You know, I feel these feelings, like very, very strong connection. Like, I will say, yes love and yeah. love sort of thing but I was able to detach like not have attachment not be clingy not mm-hmm. you know grab on grab hold because I've been through all of everything beforehand right. been through all the crap and, and, and I was able to be like okay you know this is what needs to happen mm-hmm. and it was just like bittersweet solemn goodbye sort of thing 
That sounds like one that maybe you could circle back to later because a lot of stuff is timing and if the feelings were there but she couldn't do it right now like if you ended on an okay note it could there could be potential in the future but the the most important part I think is like not everyone has this or has developed it but you have to be okay by yourself Mm -hmm. with yourself Mm -hmm. on your own you have to be like I am okay if I never find someone else to be my partner for the rest of my life. I'm going to be good. Just, I'm cool. Yeah. I do cool shit. Like, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm independent. Like, I don't need anybody. And you have to know that. Otherwise, you'll get sucked into these codependent relationships where yeah. you, you can't let someone go and you just hold on to whatever is there because you're afraid to be alone. But yeah. if you know that you're good then at least that's how I feel. I feel like I can totally be alone. I can, uh, like, I got my shit together. Uh, you know, I'm an independent woman. I got a J-O-B, well, for now. And, uh, <laughs> that's more current events, so we can hit that at another time. But, you know, I really feel like I don't need somebody. I want to find the right person because I think I have a lot of love to give. Right. And I... I enjoy thinking about someone else and being concerned about them and being there to support them. I mean, you can tell by the fact that I tried to support this dude when Mm -hmm. I thought he was going through a difficult time. Really, he was just screwing me over. But I want to share life and experiences and adventures with someone else and but in a voluntary way in like a we're not two halves of a whole looking to complete each other but like we are two whole people that can stand on our own and we choose to be together and go forward because we enjoy you know how it feels to love someone else and Hopefully that's the position that you find yourself in now. And if it didn't work with this woman that you were really kind of feeling things for, like maybe Maybe. in the future it might work. I mean, you know, that's the future. It's undetermined, right? Mm -hmm. We have no idea. Um, Just for me, it's like that level of maturity and understanding, even though I'm feeling the emotional context behind it, but I'm able to understand what is the right thing to do mm-hmm. for all parties involved? Yeah. And I was like, well, I've grown. <laughs> and, and like, I'm, I'm at the same, because before I met her, I reached that point that you describe. I'm okay being alone. I stopped dating. Mm-hmm. I'm okay being alone. I'll choose, if someone, you know, presents themselves, if there's an opportunity, then I just want to share life and adventure with that person. Mm-hmm. I, I had gotten to that point before I even met this person, and it was serendipitous. Met this person, and I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I can put this into practice. And then learning the situation, I was like, okay, this is a little bit complex, but hey, I think this is worth it. And then it reached its inevitable conclusion, and I'm like, well, it's not closing the door. It's opening up a window, maybe. I'm just going to step back, be an honest human being, and go about, you know, what I was, what I was set before I met this person. I'm yeah. already set. I'm going to go down and shoot some fucking guns and shit. You know, this is my divorce party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine that. We're mature. Congratulations. 
But, uh, uh, um, but yeah, we really dove right into this. Usually I do like this little icebreaker, like, hey, who are you? Introduce me to the audience. Blah, 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 blah. Dude, the ice is broken, it's, man. It's shattered. You <laughs> know, the Titanic is sunk. Uh, there was no ice. It, it was, was like, dark. tell me about the deepest, darkest parts of your heartache. <laughs> like, well, what's, what's, what's the, 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 uh, the show? Was it Lucifer? He's like, you know, like, he's mm. whole line, like, tell me your dark your desire yeah yeah here we go no. this is more like tell me who you want to punch in the face <laughs> many people out there um, right. uh, this one has the three letter name you know and it starts with t ends with an m i'll let you guess the middle um but uh, digressing digressing so yeah you don't really normally i go right into like three specific stories where i try to extrapolate the adventurous side of my guests, oh. and I try to complement that with some stories that I might relate to on behalf. And uh, you're a kick-ass person, because oh, uh, 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 it hasn't really been said, but we kind of know what you do for a certain department. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, a very, I think, in my opinion, because it's been interviewed on a couple other podcasts like Oliver, under staff and under funded department. Um, but they do a really tough-ass fucking job. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so maybe if you want to kind of like introduce that little side of things, then maybe we can get hip deep in Yeah, sure. I feel like there's some sort of rules where like if you're going to actually talk about our organization, it needs to be like cleared by their public affairs um, and stuff. So we'll just say generally yeah. that I... So I've got about... Almost 18 years in law enforcement at this point. I did about 10 years as just a patrol officer working outside of Philadelphia and got some pretty interesting experiences there. We, the department that I worked for, we basically bordered West Philadelphia, so we had kind of city problems. And then, but we extended into some very, very, very rich areas of uh, the main line. Oh, yes. Yes, so you would have to go from (laughs) one call to another and totally change how you interacted with people. And I felt like that was something that like took a lot of skill Mm. and also built a lot of skill because it's easy to work in kind of a one area where it's sort of one demographic and either you're motherfucking everybody because they're all, you know, like (laughs) terrible drug addicts or you work in a well-to-do area and everything is, Oh yes, sir. No, sir. How can I help you get the deer out of your yard? But I had to do both. (laughs) One, one call would be with a meth head and the next call would be, you know, something like that. I'm upset because my neighbor, you know, stepped on my grass. And so to be able to be flexible in terms of how you interact with people, I thought was made for a really interesting job. While I was working there, I discovered my current organization and that it involves a lot of travel, which was really appealing to me. And the responsibilities are very diverse. So with about almost 10 years on patrol, and now I've been doing this seven and a half, almost, uh, I think probably seven and a half years. This job, you're, you're moving all the time for your entire career. It's in the foreign service. So every one or two or three years, you're going to your next assignment. You never really get to stay put and get too comfortable. You're always learning a new job. 
I really like that part of it. And when we serve domestically, my first assignment was in New York. So I was doing dignitary protection for foreign dignitaries that were visiting the UN. So you get to kind of do the same work as the Secret Service. You're out there in the black suit with the earpiece and, you know, the blacked out uh, SUVs and stuff, doing motorcade ops. And that can be really cool. We also did passport and visa investigations. So you're a federal agent with arrest powers and, you know, you can work your cases and hopefully get them prosecuted. From there, I went to our tactical teams. So that was awesome for me personally, because if we were to backtrack and get into more details of the police department, looking back, I don't think I had opportunity like I wanted. I was a real hard charger and I was putting in for the canine positions and the SWAT team over and over and over again and uh, constantly being disappointed when the decisions were made. And now that I look back on it, I don't think I ever really got a fair shake, maybe because of uh, the vagine. So um, unfortunately, I had to go elsewhere in order to prove that I could, I did have the potential to reach a level where I could operate on a tactical team and stuff like that. So, you know, it it was, it feels pretty good. You're saying you finally were able to, you know, show them that you had huevos. I have mass huevos. (laughs) But I felt pretty good then spending the next four years as a federal agent on this tactical team where... It was, it was full-time, right? So while these chumps back at my old PD are on this part-time team, you know, and then they're doing whatever they do at whatever level. Like, here I am going out and training with the uh, UCOM CT CRIF or going to these, like, the same schools that the SEALs and the Special Forces guys go to. And then going around, like, now I'm on a full-time tactical team with a worldwide jurisdiction. So it's like... Problem in Pakistan? Let's go, you know? We're going to go spend some time in Somalia? Cool. I'm ready for that. And so that was awesome. It was great to be in an organization where we we do still have fewer women than I would like to see. Mm-hmm. You know, we're at, I don't know, maybe 20% women or something. We could be more than that. When you compare it to, like, the workforce in general, it's pretty low. But... Where even though I was a female agent, I could still bid on this assignment and I could still go. And as long as I made it through the training and I met the standards and everything, I could do the job that I wanted to do. And there wasn't, I wasn't going to be held back, you know, because of my gender or whatever. So those opportunities were really awesome. We would deploy for all kinds of stuff. We would go train with host nation police and other dignitary protection elements around the world. We would go do training for different elements at the embassies and the consulates, whether it was the Marines or the local guard force or host nation bodyguards or whatever. And then we would... We're closing shop. Yes. You guys can't be in here. We can't be in here. No. Why not? We're done. Oh, damn. We're done. Closing down. Yeah. No? Okay. We'll, We'll just have to move. Yeah, wrap it up. On the the Republic of Cyprus side, and they basically like sang together. 
showing sort of this... Like a unity sort of thing. Unity, yeah. But it's a shame because the people on the island are cool with each other. But it's like, anyone in power doesn't want to give up power. So like, no, of course not. That it will never, it will probably never change. Um, huh. But anyway, it was... So the, yeah, the, the walls around the old city are really cool. So we use for, that in our design. Audience that Kim was like, "Hey, what the hell just happened there?" Um, <laughs> so we got kicked out of the Puget Shoot Podcast Studio. Thank you, Anthony. Much love because um, <laughs> it was closing time. Closing time. All right. Um, <clears throat> so we rolled up. We're chilling at the hotel in the best you know digs here in the Marriott in Florida, uh, right next to a water treatment plant. <laughs> Great place to take the family. Um, but no, we're chilling, we're hanging out. I just got handed probably the coolest, one of the coolest coins uh, I've seen in a while. Whoa, uh, that's uh, high praise. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we were discussing, discussing the design of said coin as the Venetian wall structure um, in the Cosa in the city of Cyprus. And uh, maybe it eluded my geeky side of ancient warfare study um, a little bit about the Venetians in the time frame of the Turks and all that fun Ottoman Empire time frame. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm gonna digress there. I'm gonna stop, pause, roll back. You know, I don't wanna get too hip deep in that craziness. But um, thank you for the coin. No problem. And the patch. I yeah. love patches. I'm a patch whore. Good. Uh, uh, total geek into that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm slowly filling up. I have like a thing up on the wall in my office and I'm about a, a third wall? of the way across it. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So I need to keep collecting more. But. Like, I did not have any patches to come down here with because I had slaps, you know, stickers and stuff with the Badass Adventure logo on there. Yeah. I also had my old, um, which I just recently restarted, my old uh, business, which was a self-defense instructor. Okay. Uh, so I didn't have any of those patches either, which they're pretty fucking sick. So... Digressing here, screw it. We're we're here. We're having fun. So, um, my training, my coaching, I call Spartan Protective Solutions. Okay. And I wanted to go with something unique, right? So instead of having the a normal like Spartan helm with the vertical crest, mm -hmm. I went with the transverse. Oh. Okay. So a Spartan helm with a transverse crest. What, what is that? It's actually a. Uh, um, Helmet designed for the Spartan Knight. Oh. Di different than a normal, um, how should you say? Oh, thank you. There Something you cold. Bud Light. Bud. Not a lot of choices. <laughs> That's okay. I expected it as much. Um, which the Spartan Knight is kind of like what you would think of like kind of a knighthood sort of thing. You're okay. ordained by the king to be you know a lord, but not really a lord, more like an officer in their corps. Ange, come back. <laughs> she changed her mind. I was just gonna try this drink and then decide. <laughs> she changed her mind. Try this and tell me what you think. If you find it undrinkable, I'll drink it. This one. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> She's the. That are, full bar that I thought was a full bar, people sitting at it? Nope. There's, oh. there's couches in the front oh. of it. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, it was just a bunch of people. Yeah, it gave the illusion of a bar, but it was really just a hotel lobby. <laughs> Hashtag Marriott in, um, uh, where, where are we? In Mulcolgi, Bass, Ackwards, Florida? I'm not even sure. Much love, Anthony. I love your, love your, your hometown, or your, where you live. Alright, so I'm world's teeniest bottle of champagne. It, you know, it only takes 30 minutes to drive anywhere. It just, you know, but, you know. Long, 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 long drive. We just drove down a road called Alligator Alley. Alligator? I was like, no, thank you. Get did, did me you, the did fuck you, off this road. Did, did you see this? I actually freaking drove past an alligator coming down mm-hmm. to the range. Ugh, no. <laughs> and no. The, the signs were like Panther Crossing. I was like, you do not see that every day. Right? <laughs> you do not see a Panther. Anyway, yeah. Digressing. Florida. Florida's oh, weird. Land, land of mystery and, and triumph. Um, awesome. Uh, wow, we got way off track. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we had many, many miles. Many, many to cover, miles. So. Many miles. So we, we kind of broke some, broke through some ice, and we were kind of like right on. We were talking about adversity. It's what I normally like to talk about: is yeah. stories of adversity. And I think that's just foremost in our mind is this the period that we just went through, and kind of how like how molded us into. Hashtag the adults that we are right now. Like, I think that's the purest form of adversity, and, and that's why I like talking about it. And and these moments and stories that you just go through some real shit. Yeah. And at and at the other side of it, which we don't see at the very beginning, at the other side of this adversity, is a moment of beauty. And it may not be what we think is beautiful. When we, there's a moment where we're like, holy shit. Okay. We're actually amazing. At least I've, 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 I've started to encounter that in myself. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're, you're doing well, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I kind of have to have that pep talk. Yeah. Uh, even though there's some residual shit. It does feel good to come out the other side. Like, all of a sudden, you know, kind of like step out of the darkness and back into the light yeah. and like you're like wow I'm not totally preoccupied with thinking about this other situation all the time and I'm actually enjoying myself when there was there was one distinct moment as I was kind of going through this breakup and I, I went back to Cyprus and on the one hand, that was really good, right? Because mm-hmm. that was a place that this dude had never been. My apartment was all mine, you know. I took down some pictures, and, like, that was about it. But mm-hmm. there weren't memories there. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to going back for that reason. And I felt like that geographic distance could help me, you know, start to put some distance between me and this relationship. But... The thing that I was not thinking about was that I was going to need to go back to work, like, the very next day. <laughs> and the... I, I have never been so distracted in my life. It's like, I had shit to do. I had a lot of stuff to do and a lot of responsibilities. And my mind was completely somewhere else, right? Yeah. I was heartbroken, I just had, like, so many thoughts going through my head all the time, and they were all about 
this relationship and oh but we were so happy and the memories mm. and imagining this and that and what our future was supposed to be and like you're yeah. you're basically grieving like the death of the relationship yep. the loss of the future that you expected the death of the person that you knew he, because he know. this person yeah. you thought was so great ended up being not a great person right <laughs> and so it was like this was occupying 99% of my brain and my boss still expected me to like get shit done and it was extremely difficult and when I would go home it was like I was always listening to music or I had the TV on or I was doing something because I couldn't just sit in in like the quiet yeah oh yeah it was it drives you mad. Yeah. So yeah. there was a moment where all of a sudden, however many weeks it was, or maybe it was more than a month, I don't remember. But all of a sudden there was one day, it was a Saturday or a Sunday, and I noticed that I had just sort of been doing stuff around the house. Like, yeah. no music, no TV on, just kind of like me with my thoughts, and my thoughts weren't entirely consumed by this. Like, they, some of them would still pass and come and go, but like, for the most part I was like, oh okay, I'm doing okay, this is progress. And it was small progress because I would still cry from time to time or be like, why did this happen? What yeah. could I have done differently? But um, that was really good. And then I got myself on the apps a little bit, yeah. which was terrifying, I, right? Like, I know, yeah, it is, right? I hadn't gone on a date in almost a decade. You're like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah, and even... <laughs> Before this, like, I always just sort of ended up in relationships with people that I either was already friends with or, mm -hmm. you know, knew really well and then somebody catches feelings and it turns into something else. But I was never out there dating, like going out on a blind date or meeting somebody from the internet and being like, should we romance? So... It's it weird, was right? it was weird and it was scary and I I'm pretty sure I downloaded and deleted the apps like three or four times. Same here. And Cyprus yeah. is a small island, so I would basically like be like no 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 and it would be like that's it. Oh, <laughs> you, like, you've reached, really goes my you've reached the end of the men on this Mediterranean island, and so that was uh, scary. Um, but actually, like. I went out on a few first dates with different people yeah. and I was ready to be like one of these girls that now all of a sudden is going to have these hilarious horror stories from these terrible dates. And like the first date on was really great. Yeah. Like it it's was normally how it goes. It was really great. Like yeah. I met this dude. He was really cool. He was like, he was. Uh, played rugby. I played rugby. He was into boxing. I did all kinds of martial arts. And he, I'm doing jujitsu. He's like a brown belt in jujitsu. He competed in all those things oh, really cool. seriously. I am a super insanely competitive person and have competed pretty seriously in most of these similar oh, sports. Really? I mean, we're in competition, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I basically just like showed up and talked to the guy about the UFC and like sports. And, and I was like, wow, dating's not so scary. And I went on a couple other dates, had coffee with people like, it was very pleasant. Yeah. And so, yeah, and then there was a second date and some more stuff. And, like, so I actually met somebody that's 
really cool and I enjoy spending time with, like, right now. And, you know, who knows, yeah, like, what, yeah. what the future might hold, but I really didn't want to go out and try to, like, grab someone else to get me over the relationship. Right. But I felt that I had, I had really done enough of the work kind of by myself and processing and accepting this stuff. And which, when you find out about the fact that there was somebody else, oh yeah, it's a whole later story. on, you yeah. basically have to start the breakup again, yeah. like because you had processed it under the information false, you had at the time, yeah. and now you have to basically like relive it and and think through it all again. So that only delays the process. But I felt like I had done enough healing where I could, you know, consider like getting out there and meeting some people and Good. it's been really cool it's nice it's nice to be appreciated mm. and for <laughs> someone to no it's rare right be yeah. thoughtful and considerate when you have just really been treated so poorly um i'm glad you found good people to date because here in america you might have had a different different situation I was worried. I was like, boy, I really better bid on my next post to be in the U.S. so I can have a larger dating pool. Or, you know, maybe I need to go to Germany or somewhere where there's a military base. And, like, I mean, okay. No, no. So that I could maybe find, like, the one dude that is sort of older and more mature and isn't just looking to, like, you know, run through all the chicks. But, uh, but just to, just to be, like... I wasn't really looking for some person from another country or people like, oh, you get a do with like a hot accent or oh, something. Yeah, no. And I was like, I just want like a corn fed American dude, right? Like, I just want, uh, you know, just like a regular guy that likes regular sports guy. and maybe shooting guns or something. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know. It, it was, it was scary. I'm glad that. I put myself out there because so far it's been it's been really nice. Sweet right. food. <laughs> the production assistant production is getting get, our dinner. Getting it. Like, you know, here we are live. We're doing mm-hmm. live, sort of. I mean, you're gonna hear this a couple months from now. Well, well, whatever, guys. Um, digressing, but yeah, yeah. My experience was a little different. Um, still the same trepidation, like, fuck, what do I do? How do I do this? I don't know how to do this. Yeah. So I approached it with a lot of honesty, mm-hmm. and I got, <laughs> I got, I got ran over. Oh. Uh, um, like, remember I was telling you, the one that I, I dated for a while mm-hmm. that ended up being, uh, um, a rebound didn't mean to be, it just ended up that way, and it was just... My own naivete of never being in the situation of being cheated on and going through this roller coaster of emotions, um, and I understand the position she was in, and yeah, I get it. It should have probably ended a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, and I had a, I had a play in that part of dragging it out until I realized this is this probably needs to end, um, and did so, and that was rough too. It's never, it's never fun, yeah. right? 
And then immediately ran right into a nar uh, narcissist. Super cool. Whoa. Yeah, super cool. Ran right into that. Did not realize it. And there were tons of red flags there. And I was just caught up in just the sex, basically. Oh. I was just caught up in that. And I was caught up in, like, someone giving me attention. Okay. And, and you know, I did, went through all that whole gambit. Yeah. And then I saw, and then, then was like, oh, wait, this is probably not a good fucking thing. And that ran its course. And then I went, dated a few others, and was like, wait, there are some diamonds in the rough. Mm -hmm. And I explored things that I was curious about, things that I was not curious about, you know, and discovered what I don't like, what I do like, mm -hmm. what I, you know, what's, what are the traits that I'm looking for in a person yeah. that I'm going to choose to take on these adventures that I want to go on. Mm -hmm. Because I want to do crazy shit. Like, hey, I, yeah, I kind of want to go up in a tree stand and go hunting for, you know, you know, 12 hours, you know, 8 hours in the hunting time frame. But also in the springtime, it's spearfishing season. So I want to do that too, you know. Um, sweet food. Yeah. Candid. I don't care. Let's do it. This ain't professional. <laughs> We're all hungry we don't need, here. We don't need chewing sounds in the podcast. That would be terrible. We can just so cool. It's funny to see like the difference between like their podcast studio with yeah. all the fancy mics and the headsets and he's stuff. He's got four mics. Like, he's got you know a this light is in my pocket, light shroud and cables and stuff and a soundboard and everything. And I have this tiny ass recording. <laughs> That's awesome. It it works great. That's cool, man. Uh, um, I've had some great freaking podcasts lately from it, so I'm impressed. I'm going to continue to use it. Why not? But we were, where were we? I think we were like wrapping up on the whole like being being dumped, being dumped, right? and cheated on, and dating, and yeah, dealing yeah. And with then the triumphant return the to the dating lifestyle. Exactly, right? exactly. We're on, we're on triumph, which is yeah. great because that's the next story I want to get into. Let's change it up a little. All right. Uh, we've we've touched uh, on your occupation, the cool shit that you do. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of dive into, like, a story of triumph, why not, in your related field. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of was covering that by accident yeah. by just talking about the police department and how I was trying so hard to get into these positions that... I was interested and passionate about. Mm, okay. And the applying to the canine positions, applying to the SWAT team, or as they called it, the ERT, emergency response team. And just getting shut down over and over and over again. Case in point, the first time I applied to the canine position, um, they didn't really have a lot of interest and so, even though I didn't have... You were supposed to have, like, three years on the job. I didn't have that. But there were some rumors that, like, they weren't really getting anybody applying for it. And so my supervisor was like, just fill it out. Just, you know, maybe they'll say you aren't eligible and that's no problem. But express your interest. So I did that. And they were like, okay, you haven't been here for three years, so we're not going to consider you. I was like, fair enough. So the next time it comes open, 
I've got, I don't even know, five, six, seven years on the job. I'm easily qualified, you know, been in good standing, doing good work this whole time. And they post two openings for canine handlers. Out of a nearly 150 person department, I was the only person to apply for the canine position. One applicant for two openings, right? So you would think, oh, I, where is my dog, right? Like, you would think that I would have gotten one of those positions. Instead, they were like, oh, well, you know, we really want to fill both of these positions at once. So oh, thank you for your application. Your interest is duly noted that you're the only person putting in for this. But we're going to repost this in like six months and see if we have another person so we can fill both spots at once. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks. You know, so so naive and like so optimistic that my hard work is going to get me where I want to go that I didn't think anything of it. And then this particular department is toxic as hell to work for and I think has really only gotten worse since I left based on the people that I keep in touch with and some of their occasional reports. But so they did... They probably did what I think they do for a lot of stuff, which then they go around to their favorite people and they go, hey man, you really should put in for this. So sure as shit, six months later, when they repost the two openings, it's still me again and two Two more guys. Two other other guys. Now, one of them, if I'm remember, oh, this, so I don't want to get my facts confused because this sort of happened with the SWAT team as well, so... Let's uh, not go into those details because I think I'm going to get them mixed up. But so basically now it's me and these two other people vying for two spots. And uh, they were the two that got the canine handler positions. I applied for the SWAT team several times as well. The last one near the end of my time there, I had the most seniority out of all the applicants. I think I had like the best shooting scores. Uh, Again, had a good reputation, working hard, you know, never letting these other times that I was rejected and turned down get me discouraged. I would just be like, I just got to keep working harder. I just got to keep working harder. And the, I don't know how many people were putting in for the SWAT team, like five or six. We had one guy that couldn't pass the fitness test. Another guy that couldn't even take the fitness test because his blood pressure was so high before we started that they wouldn't even let him go for a run. Then there was another guy who didn't have three years on the job yet, so he wasn't even supposed to be eligible. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! They fucking took him. So, like, you know, oh, when I didn't have three years on, I'm not being considered, but when this dude doesn't have three years on, eh, who cares, right? Um, so, you know, it was like more seniority, better shooting scores, crush the physical fitness stuff. Like I'm totally capable of being a SWAT officer on your shitty part-time team in your shitty tiny township. So they pulled the same shit. I was down. They were like, I forget. There were like two spots and I was one of the only people that had met all the requirements and passed the fitness test and everything. And they were like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're thinking about maybe taking three people instead of two people. So we're going to open this back up and see if we get more interest. 
And sure enough, they get more interest. Yeah. They get another dude. Good dude. I have no problem with this guy. But he also applies. So now he's being considered. They don't end up taking three people. They take two, two. people. Yeah. And it's the guy that didn't have three years on and the guy that didn't apply when they initially opened wow. those spots. And the poor lady cop, again, is just off to the side being like, what can I do to make myself a better, more qualified applicant? And all along in this process, over and over and over again, I was just like, I just got to work harder. I just got to put more time in. I'll have more seniority. I'll be better at this. I'll be better at that. I'll work on my fitness. I'll work on my shooting. Like I will get to the point where they cannot turn me down because I am so dominant over the other people. And unfortunately, when I finally left there, I look back and it's like, man, that was never going to happen. Yeah. It was, while I was in it, I, I was too naive, too naive to really think that I was being discriminated against. But looking back, it was like, I never stood a fucking chance, no matter how good I was. And so my story of triumph is that I left there, went to the federal gig, and was able to go to the tactical teams and basically show Shine. that I'm capable, yeah. right? And yeah, I mean, we went to we went to a really awesome shooting school and they have this particular Spires. set of standards. Maybe? No, not that. Okay. Um, but, but we you, went to a particular, yeah, okay. we went to a particular shooting school. They have their own set of, we had our standards for our office where you had to meet certain uh-huh. times on, you know, all these different fundamental skills. And if you didn't, then they said you weren't going to be deployable. And so there were some consequences if you weren't up to, up to snuff. Right. So we went to this shooting school. They have their own standards. They're pretty challenging. And by the end of the week, everyone's going through the standards. See how we do if we can pass out of, I think we sent like two full teams down there. There was only me and another guy that passed the standards. They ended up, like, having to run them again the next day to give people another chance to to do them. And then a few more people also passed. But it was like, I am super fucking capable. And I think the Tactical Games has been a perfect opportunity for me to showcase that. It's like, what is the challenge? It's it's fitness, it's carry something heavy, it's run a long way, it's climb over stuff or climb through stuff or, you know, whatever the challenge is, I'm ready to tackle it. And then also I have put in the work to develop myself as a shooter because if we are downrange on some deployment Mm -hmm. and our motorcade is getting attacked, like you bet your ass I want to have the hard skills to defend our protectee or my teammates um, myself right I mean that would be that's less of a priority being being able to to defend the other people that matter um, is what I I try to think about most yeah yeah Yeah. EP right yeah and so I I did a great job and like I am super capable, and all I needed was somebody to give me the chance to prove it. And so that's kind of a big story of triumph for me. Like, 
yeah, okay, cool. I wasn't good enough to be on your part-time team in your little municipality, but now, now I, I went on to be on a full-time <laughs> team that has worldwide jurisdiction, yeah. and I'm going to dangerous places and doing some real stuff. So I just, it feels good, you know, it feels good, and... We'll see if I if I have the opportunity. It would be cool to go back there for like a range day or something someday. <laughs> like, I would hope that I would Can't smoke spike those the, dudes. Spike the football a little bit. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. hope that I would smoke those dudes, but I don't want to. I don't want to get a big head, and I don't want to talk too much shit. Cause, <laughs> you know, you never know. I'm not the best. I'm not the best shooter in the world. I do. I do I'm recognize terrible, that. Like, but you know, I do all right, and I've worked really hard at it, and. It's like if if they were never going to give me a chance because I'm not a dude, like, that's just poor yeah. fucking decision-making yeah. on their part. Yeah, I, I've, I've ran into to something like that before. Um, specifically, it was just kind of like my previous job, EMS, being a paramedic. Mm. Uh, I went from working in the city of Atlanta, doing more calls a day on average than you know most people would see on average in the town that I live in yeah right I went through I went you know went through their call volume looked at their their stuff and like I ran a shitload of calls just average I wasn't a superstar I was just looking for you know the job get out of the hospital start working on ambulance again and they just didn't like me uh, I didn't have my academic knowledge up to snuff hmm. because I'd been a single dad. Well, not a single dad. At this time, I was uh, a stay-at-home dad. Okay. Joy of the week, and I would work two days a week in the hospital. And I had no time to really refresh my skills. Hmm. So I didn't, you know, of course, I, I didn't know uh, uh, what a, um, Let's call it a anterior infarction on a 12 lead looks like. Mm. I can tell you that there's an infarction. I can tell you that person's having a heart attack and what needs and, and treat that patient because right. that's what we did in Atlanta. Yeah. But I can't tell you uh, that it you know it's a, what artery is being affected because of what the, where the in the 12 lead it's being mm. showing me an infarction. It's more operational and less academic right you, right you know enough to know what the next steps are exactly and you I don't had, need to have that and I had extra the ex- analysis I had the experience mm-hmm. to sit there and look at a situation and handle a situation more so than what they were seeing they, what they had a lot of was students who didn't have a lot of experience but had a lot of academic knowledge I came with a lot of experience and my academic knowledge fell off the wayside because I was dealing with other stuff at home was my main focus. And they didn't like that. They wanted someone that they've been teaching, has been working for them for free, riding an ambulance, providing emergency services. They didn't want me to come in as a paramedic. And then I, then I learned that I was the wrong sex and the wrong color for their department. Oh, Okay. So that's when it gets like really discriminatory. We're like, oh, okay, so that's the reason why I never became a firefighter. Because I applied for that position as well. 
So it's just like, huh, interesting to see that dynamic Man. play out on, ooh, no, the scary white male heterosexual. Or, yeah. Right? You it's, guys are getting a bad rap these days. Yeah, yeah. It's like, really? Like, I'm just trying to do the job I was trained for. Mm hmm. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. And was it heartbreaking? I've, I've never been. I've never experienced that in my life. Yeah, it totally was because I ran into an issue that most veterans do, or most people who find a single occupation for a long time, is you identify with that. Mm -hmm. You identify with this occupation. Yeah. And you're like, I am this. This is what I do. And when that gets challenged, <laughs> like when you get fired or when you're told, no, you can't be hired, you're not hireable, and you're like, well, shit, I don't want to go to the non-emergency transport job, even though I'd be making a lot of money, uh, or decent money. Yeah. I'm still running 16 hours a day transporting freaking people who are about to die mm -hmm. back and forth and not actually dying, or not actually 911 service. I'm transporting some 80-year-old, you know, to and from the hospital, and it's just that sort of work I did for two years. I wanted to fucking shoot myself. Like, it was terrible. Some people can do that. That's not for me. Yeah. Like, I want to be, you know, freaking elbow deep in blood. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be in situations that are challenging. And, and me being the one person in the room who is center, calm, you yeah. know, the rock in the stream, right? Just, like, flowing through everything. I love that experience. I love that feeling. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. And I didn't get that. And that was... That sucked. Yeah. <laughs> That was heartbreaking, heart wrenching, and this was this was a year before my divorce, or a year before I figured I was being cheated on, um, and I made a pivot because I was I, I wasn't working, and I had to work. Mm -hmm. I had to take care of my family, so I had to pivot, and I pivoted, and I went immediately into what I do now, which is climbing cellphone towers. Uh, so. Answers to a little bit of the physical side of myself. I'm able to cuss without people being like, what are you saying? Uh, and, and not be offended by it, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, and there are some aspects of it that kind of answer the, what I used to do on the ambulance. And I, I still volunteer, actually. Okay, that's cool. So I'm still volunteering um, uh, as much as I can. I got out of it because the whole divorce thing. I'm going right back into it next mm -hmm. month. And I actually teach the new people that come on, and I ride the ambulance as well. So nice. I got some things I need to get some credentials. Oh my god, get me started on that whole <laughs> pyramid scheme. Um, but to like to, to the whole like to answer to the triumph thing and this discriminatory thing like that sucks. And realizing that you are being discriminated upon and realizing there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Blows, mm. and because once you try to complain about it, well, then you're marked, right? Like yeah. if you try to say, "Oh, I'm gonna file a lawsuit or whatever," and the other thing is, the people, this the snakes that were involved, were not stupid, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. They're smart enough that they're not gonna be like, "No thanks, you're a woman." Right. Those conversations are probably behind closed doors. Yep. And they and there's one sergeant in particular that like 
man, I ended up hearing from other people later on oh, yeah, that it like it doesn't stay he was game. he was never gonna support me making it onto that team. But to me, yeah. he was like, "Great job, you did really great in that interview. Yep. You know, just keep working on it. Like, be prepared for you know to articulate your use of force. Like, you know, you're right there next time. Like to." To me, he acted all supportive, yeah. but then behind the scenes, he was making sure that I didn't ever have a chance. That's, uh, that's usually how they operate. But yeah, they, I mean, there's really, there's nothing you can do because you don't want to be that person that's just looking for a payout, and then nobody wants to work with you once you try to file the uh, sexual discrimination lawsuit or whatever. And the the biggest thing that I wanted was just to have the respect of just my peers, right? I just yeah. wanted them to know that I had their back. Like, if something happened, I was going to be able to do what I had to do, you know, to help them or protect them or whatever, get them off the X or something. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want that to be called into question by me being like, you know, oh, the men are not respecting me as a woman. Like... So I just tried to keep my head down and just keep working harder and harder. And, you know, I'm glad that I ended up leaving for other reasons yeah. and ultimately went federal where I have the same opportunity as my male colleagues. But, yeah, it was um, – it sucks to be in a position where that is going on. You're being held back and, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible feeling. And then but I'm glad that you were able to – pull off some triumph out of that. You, not only that, you in a prestigious unit, a prestigious position, and pass a prestigious course. So that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. The, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Not, not many people get to have that sort of experience. And I got, I've gotten to do some really cool, in, in that assignment, some of the stuff that we would do involved going and training with other units and so there are some things that, like, I can always take away to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a tiny, tiny badass. Like, <laughs> we went to train with this one Special Forces team, and I don't know if any of their people are listening to your podcast. Uh, sorry if they are. But I was in my glory there. Like, we, we were there to do particular you know, training from a certain time. And I found out that these guys, they PT first in the morning and I w and they were like, Oh, you want to come PT with us? And I was like, yes. So, you know, most of the other guys were still sleeping in and I was there lifting with these dudes in the morning. And then on Tuesdays they would have their combatives mm -hmm. and most of the rest of our guys were sleeping in and I was there doing combatives with them. And there was one day we were, wrestling or grappling or something i got partnered up with this one dude and i'm not i'm not much of a jujitsu practitioner i've done i'm like the 20 year white belt so i started in 2004 <laughs> yeah. but i've done like three to six months of jujitsu every five years in different cities <laughs> around the yeah. around the u.s or around the world so right now i actually have a really great school that i'm training at and i'm hoping that I can train consistently and maybe make a little progress. But in general, my grappling knowledge is limited. I know enough to, you know, know what positions are better than others. I know a couple submissions, 
but really I- I'm still white belt level despite oh. getting into it so many years ago. So here I am with these uh, green berets and we're grappling and they're like, okay, you two are partnered up, ready, go. And at one point this dude goes all fours and he's got his hands on the mat and I'm like, I can take this guy's back, right? (laughs) So I'm taking his back. He keeps his hands on the mat and I was like, his neck is wide open. So like I sink the choke in and there's a moment and there were a couple guys watching and they was like, they could see the wheels turning in my head that I was like, I know I've got this choke and I'm sort of like, I'm a guest here, I'm a girl, this dude's, like, you know, here with all of his bros, like, and they were they were laughing about it later. They were like, we saw you, you knew you had it, and you were like, send it! (laughs) So I just was like, I just choked him, he tapped, and I was like, oh, it's pretty fucking cool. I mean... It was terrible for that guy. By the end of the day, there was already, like, a meme hanging up in their team room. And so... On the one hand, I may have ruined his life, but the team leader insists that I helped him because now he's going to train harder. But it was like, if if I just die and all I have is, you know, I could stitch, stitch that on a pillow, like choked out a green beret in, you know, crocheted on a pillow in my apartment when I'm 90 years old at the nursing home, like, I can die happy. So, yeah. uh. you know, that was... Uh, one of the experiences that I got to have because now in my current job, I'm no longer being held back just because I'm not a dude. Like right. I, I'm able to be on this team, go to these training to show that you know I have skills or I can learn stuff, and um, so I've had some pretty cool moments like that where it's like, that's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Watch out, guys. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, for, for myself, like uh, I think just triumphing has just been to keeping my head above water. Uh, figuring out how to be a single parent. Holy crap. Woo-wee. That's all you, man. I have no <laughs> suggestions. I'll tell you what, you know, what was a triumph for me. A triumph for me is being able to not just, like, take care of my, my child, but look forward to taking care of my child. And then... There was a couple. There was, it was it was about a month ago or, or a couple months ago. And some so there was a little maybe a stress at work, or I was just super tired. Mm-hmm. No, this was a couple of weeks ago. And what the drill instructors used to do in boot camp to get you to like run fast, they would count out loud from whatever number to zero, and you have to get the task done in that time frame. Of course, how do they count? They, 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 go, they go 30 seconds, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, and all of the count all the way down. And it's like, then zero, freeze, zero, freeze, eyeballs, quick, ears open, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, 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 you know, to just kind of like, that's what they do. So I was exhausted completely exhausted like I, I must have been in the sun all day on the tower just drained and I'm just like I gotta make my kid food or something like I'm just going through the motions uh-huh. and she's she's misbehaving she's not doing something I'm like take off your shoes t- take off your shoes and I'm like normally I'd go you know grab the freaking spoon and you know 
spank, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, she's not doing anything that's spankable. She's not really being egregious. She's uh-huh. not really being an asshole. So I'm just like, and I've been staying away from that because mm-hmm. she doesn't need. She's getting old enough to understand she doesn't need to need okay. that anymore. Yeah. So I was just like, all right. I said. 20 <laughs> seconds! Shoes off right now to 19, 18, 17. And she's like looking at me and she's like starts, starts going over her feet. She starts tearing them off. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> and I'm like, like, like I, didn't, I didn't want her to see it. And I'm just kind of turned around. I was like, yes! Oh my god. It worked! What else did I learn in boot camp? Yeah, and I was like, oh my god. This I'm like, I'm going to train this child to the ways. Um... It was it was fantastic. It was fabulous, and and she responded, and then we, I kept doing it, and it would work. And you know, she's helping me do with chores, and she's doing things that I asked her to do, and I'm like, winning, Dad, it's winning, awesome. And, and, and like then after those moments, you know, like I sits there on the couch and are watching whatever cartoon, and I'm eating dinner because I'm starving. She looks at me, and she's like, Dad, and I'm like, yeah, kiddo. You're my favorite. Like, oh, 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 oh. Heart just <laughs> liquefied. I'm like, oh my god. And I'm like, win. Yes, I can do this now. And that was a huge, huge triumph. <laughs> you know that, that I can, I can do this. Yeah, and not just do it, but like excel at it. Like be a great dad. Yeah, be be a great dad. Right, and like maybe even better than if you were in, you know, part of a relationship. Maybe where it wasn't things were not not working out. Working well. right, yeah. so yeah, so it could be a blessing in terms of her. Absolutely. Like how you how she's raised and how she's able to connect with you. Absolutely, so. which she's already shown interest in some of the things that I do, which totally makes me just grin nice. from ear to ear, walking through you know our neighborhood, and she sees a pack of deer that just roam, and um, uh, I keep on looking up there, <laughs> like, gosh, I, I just I need to get an urban hunting license to get permissions because I can just smack these suckers right now. There's there's tons of them, and it's a big problem with CWD, mm. which is chronic wasting disease, and I'm like. Maybe I could get them to allow me to hunt on this property. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We were walking in the middle of the night, and she goes, Dad. I'm like, what? Deer. And I'm like, good job. Good oh. eye, kid. And she's like 20 meters away, and she's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes! Finger guns. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, child. Like, okay, not right now, but eventually uh-huh. and then death, also you're the coolest <laughs> you're, you're amazing because she's she's seen me um uh, clean a turkey and stuff like that wow uh, and she was not afraid of it whatsoever she sees she watches me as i do archery and stuff yeah. she's fascinated with archery cool. spoiler i'm getting her you know um for christmas i'm getting her first bow this year when oh, she turns four cute. yeah that's happening badass in the making yeah, i like I it i hope so that's I awesome. really do. She's already badass. Oh. That kid. Oh man. Well, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. So that's there's my little triumph, you know, of a year in the making. It's been fantastic. That's awesome. Um, back in the hunting, uh, and just it's, it's really difficult, like being an adult onset hunter, 
adult onset of I, You like that? Okay. Well, like, normally hunting is a tradition that you grew up around. It's passed through your family lineage, mm -hmm. and that's why there's a lot of dec decline of, uh, of hunters in the United States. However, there is an uptick on female hunters, which is quite interesting. Go girls. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys are mm -hmm. not being more interested in it, and the grandfathers are passing it on to their granddaughters. Mm. I mean, my daughter's certainly going to learn. Um, but like, what's difficult is coming into it without the knowledge of being passed from your forefathers mm -hmm. is figuring out how to do it on your own. Yeah. And tapping into something that used to be second nature to us, you know, 8,000 years ago, something like that, right? You're just like, we used to do this every day. Mm -hmm. how, how, how do we do it? And, you know, YouTube and, you know, podcasts and online and yeah. reading and forums and going through multiple different sources back and forth and luckily my background as an intelligence analyst helps in that regard okay. you know picking out the information but a win for me was um, figuring out where the hell to put my tree stand in a tree in a tree <laughs> in a forest okay you know, well, it's, it's, it's difficult because when you have a, f a field and you know that they, there's a food plot or mm -hmm. there's food available because it's an agricultural area, you know, soybeans, corn, sometimes hemp, a little pot. Um, Deer are slower, easier to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But that, it, that produces a lot of big deer. Mm -hmm. Uh, where I live, I live in Virginia, and I can only hunt on public land because I don't have access to private land, so I don't can go to these farms, fields, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I go to the woods, okay. and I'm hunting animals that graze on everything. And how do you track an animal that walks through the woods like we do? And yeah. is on their A game all the time. Like, where do I put my my tree stand to even capture a glimpse of these things? It, there's a lot that goes into it. Understanding where they they bed down, where their food sources are, where's water, finding their trails, finding sign. You know, them scraping trees, mm -hmm. pooping, stuff like that. And you kind of like try to, okay, this is all leading to this one piece of terrain and maybe if I'm in a tree stand up there when the wind is like this during this time of the day I might be able to see a deer. It has nothing to do with where or not you'll be able to kill it. It's where I might be able to Yikes. see it. It's a, t it's a tough thing mm -hmm. and this year I was able to throw up my tree stand in two separate locations and see two deer within two hours of life. Nice. On the second time I was about 30 yards from the bedding location on this huge steep incline. And he was 20 yards from me. At full draw. I'm right there on him. But the problem is the shakes got me, or buck fever as they call it. It's when that's when your adrenaline dumps into your system and it everything, the adrenaline starts taking over. Yeah. Heart increases, breathing increases, 
you know, you start losing feeling in, in your fine muscle memory, you know, fine motor mm -hmm. movement skills and stuff like that. And the first time I had them at full draw, uh, my feet started to lose feeling. And I'm just in a tree stand, 30 yeah. feet up in the air, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm just like, gotta let down. So I, could, <laughs> I let down, you know, watch him kind of go behind the tree, and I'm just watching him feet. Mm -hmm. He could not smell me. 15 yards away from me and then he kind of moved into another area down below me towards the creek towards water and I was moving a little too much I was a little too exposed to the tree I came back up to draw and he saw the movement and he stopped looked uh -huh. and he kind of like bit I've never seen a deer bend down low and then look straight up at me and I was like what the fuck he looked right into my eyeballs I'm like I'm made and he was like, mm, fuck that. And he, <laughs> he turned and just fucking took off. And I was like, oh. And I was like, damn it. So I kind of like sat there and I'm all pissy. And I'm like, Ugh. Hour and a half later, some bitch comes back. And I'm, I'm like, no, I'm going to get out of the stand. What's, what's tough about hunting in the East Coast mm -hmm. is not like out West where you can see them through binoculars and see the fucking deer miles. In the East Coast... You lose them at 50 yards because the trees are too thick. Right. And you're like, fuck, what do I do now? And you're sitting, you're sitting in a tree, 30 feet up in the air, and you're like, do I stay here? Do I leave? Do I stay? Did I blow it? Did I blow my chance? Did, oh, shit. And all these things go through your head. You're like, fuck, you know, shit. You know, can we, and you're kind of like cussing at yourself. You're like, you're hung, and I was getting hungry, and I'm like, no, I'm just going to eat. And I'm going to wait till I get hungry again. So I picked up something I ate. And I'm like, all right, I'm feeling a little better. Let me have some water. And I'm like, I'm just kind of milling around. I pull out my phone. And I start dicking around on it. And, and I was like, and I'm making a lot of fucking noise. Yeah. I'm being really noisy. <laughs> all these exasperated sighs. And like, yeah, all these sighs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I'm just, it's going over in my head. And I put my phone in my pocket. And I just, no, actually I have my phone out. I just haven't just like fuck it. Let me turn around. And I look and I see his his ass right where he was not an hour and a half earlier, but when he saw me, mm -hmm. and I'm like, game on. Oh, <laughs> like, like so, like, everything slows down. I put my phone back in my pocket. Slowly stand up. Slowly get up there. Get up to full draw. And he's kind of moving a little bit. I'm like, there it is. There it is. There it is. And then he stops. And I'm like, okay, all right. And I'm gonna. I'm waiting for that good shot, and there's mm -hmm. a branch in the way, and I'm kind of like second-guessing, is my arrow going to hit this branch? And I'm, breathe, controlling my heart rate, mm -hmm. controlling that adrenaline dump. All right, getting ready for the shot. And I see him flick his tail. I'm like, oh, no, he's about to run. He flicks his tail again. I'm like, he's, a, he's about to do it. And he kind of turns and snorts, and I go, <sighs> and he gets pissy, and he stomps his foot, snorts again, boom, he's gone. I'm like, Fuck! Oh. <laughs> oh, like I had a full draw three times. This sounds like the most frustrating hobby. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like I look at him and I'm watching just like he's he's just snorting at me, a little son of a bitch, and he just, he keeps going. And I watch him go down the bend and then just race uphill. And I'm like, come on, it wasn't that bad, dude. <laughs> and he, uh, I was just like. Yeah. But yeah, that's hunting. That that's hunting, and I'm wow. I'm 
I'm going back there next week, and I'm going to find that guy. Do it, man. I'm going to throw a pointy stick at him. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, yeah, that's... It's okay. it, sometimes it is a triumph just seeing. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting, but it's getting late. We yeah. should wrap things up. I know. I was gonna say I have another triumph, which is, Ooh. you know, we talked earlier about how. Oh, that's right. I got the so. Trip. I got so screwed over, you know, and it was upsetting that another law enforcement professional could do something like yep. that to me, and. You start to think, you know, people are terrible and you're just seeing, like, the worst in other people. And so when something good happens, it's pretty awesome. And I, I've had a lot, of, a lot of stuff seem to be kind of piling up on me. You know, like, when it rains, it pours. So it was the relationship ending and, and all the way that went down, the work stress. I found out kind of around the same time that the relationship was going sour that um my aunt has like a blood cancer and then it was discovered to also be in her bone marrow so she lives here in tampa which was the reason that i started coordinating with my sister to plan a visit for her birthday because you know you never know how long your favorite people are going to be around so i was like i'm going to come back from overseas and I'm going to visit and then it was like we were looking at the dates and and planning flights and I noticed that the Patriot Games was like the very next the weekend of that same week and so I got in touch with Anthony about the competition and uh, started making plans to come here and compete and because I'm coming from another country, like, I don't have all my stuff. Like, my my gear, my play carrier and stuff is at my sister's. But, you know, it's like to be able to get back in the U.S. and get my guns and stuff and then come down to Florida, it wasn't going to happen. And it was pretty awesome <laughs> that, like, a lot of people shit on social media and they're like, oh, it's terrible, it's ruining society and whatever. I personally like to try to use it for good instead of evil, so to kind of put myself out there to inspire other people, especially other women, to encourage them, you know, to pursue these kind of more male-dominated careers and to get out there and do challenging jobs and stuff, I, I try to really make it a positive thing in my life. And so in doing that, I've made some really cool connections with people that, that are out here doing good work. So the folks at Triarch heard that I'm coming in from overseas and I want to do this competition, and they were like, we got you. So they basically shipped me a Tri-11 pistol and this fucking sick-ass rifle, and I picked it up at the FFL, and I get to shoot these awesome weapons this weekend. And and then I'll send it back, and I'll go, I'll leave the country and go back to where I live. But I just was like, man, here's someone, you know, the CEO of this company, basically, all he needed was to hear just a tiny sliver of information that there's this agent girl, you know, there's law enforcement officer that, like, is in a situation, she needs guns to shoot, 
and they were like, no problem, we got you. Got you, fam. And that's where it's like <laughs> sort of this triumphant realization that like people are good. And I might have gotten fucked over by one person, but like there's a lot of awesome people out there that will give you the shirt off their back and they won't hesitate to put themselves... I mean, the, this dude, I'm sure, is very busy running a very successful company and he was putting this weapon together. He put this freaking Night Force LPVO optic on it that, like, just when I... You saw, I think, when I was walking into uh-huh. the building to check in, all these guys were like, is that a Night Force? Is that a Night Force? Like, right? Everyone was freaking out. <laughs> they were like... like these weapons are sexy. Are you a sponsored shooter from Triarch? I was like, like I don't know, maybe in the future. <laughs> but it is so freaking cool. And I feel like such a badass. It's been a really awesome way for me to have something positive that happens after having such a stretch of negativity. And I'm really excited because, like, I get to do something for them, too. So... They are now, like, about to unveil the fourth version of this rail. And it's, like, the second revision of their clamping system. So it's, like, a patent-pending design where it has a matching footprint to the rail. So, like, the clamps lock and they distribute even pressure around the barrel. So not just, like, adding pressure to one single point of the handguard like you see with other manufacturers and they make like all the mounting hardware out of super quality material and I'm really excited because they want someone to kind of put it through the ringer right so I'm going to go drag it through the mud or whatever it is that Anthony has in store for us (laughs) here at the Patriot Games and beat this thing up a little bit and then be able to give them my feedback and let them know what I thought but um, it's, you're right, it's pretty sexy, oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one thing that I noticed right away that I really like was that it has these, like, four steel anti-rotational QDs, like, set oh, right mouse? into the rail, oh, so yeah. I'm used to having to, like, attach these little QD mounts onto the rail on the side of my handguard, and, you know, it just adds, like, extra bulk and extra failure points, and maybe they're going to come loose. And so I basically pulled this thing out of the case, and I took my Edgar Sherman design sling, because that's the best sling that I've ever seen, and I just snapped <laughs> it right in. And it, it was awesome. So I'm really excited. I feel very grateful that there are still good people out there that won't hesitate to give you a hand if you need something. And that's awesome. I mean, I hope I can do it justice. Uh, I went out there and confirmed zero with it, and this thing is amazing. So now the really hard part will be just putting the return shipping label on it at the end of the weekend and sending it back to them. But, you know, between this and the uh, getting to shoot a Tri-11 pistol instead of my Glock, 17 oh. that's oh, I'm jelly. <laughs> pretty I'm jelly. pretty janky yeah, uh, this I'm... is it's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend and it's really it's because of putting myself out there like being vulnerable mm-hmm. just sort of admitting that like life isn't perfect and I'm not perfect and like these are my struggles and this is what I'm going through and I've had a lot of people reach out to me 
as I've been opening up about the breakup and stuff like that, and a lot of people really, that my story resonated with them, where they were like, oh my god, I was also blindsided by yeah. someone, and that was the hmm. most hurtful, hurtful I, I, thing. I wonder who could have been... Yeah, know. right. Besides you, there were other people. Um, but... Yes, yes. It's just like, I think that it's overall... Um, for me, being out there on social media has been overwhelmingly positive and has opened the door for opportunities. And I wouldn't have met you. No. We wouldn't be sitting here talking. And uh, looking at that sexy bitch, damn! <laughs> right, we're talking about the rifle, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the perspectives, but uh, yeah. uh, but this is this is great. It's this is an awesome way to kick off the yeah. weekend. I'm really excited for this competition. I've thoroughly enjoyed competing in events where you're tested to see if you can still shoot with a high heart rate under fatigue and mental duress and now with what they're incorporating in the Patriot Games with a little bit of medical response everybody needs to have a tourniquet and be ready to use it in some fashion through through the battles or the stages whatever they're going to whatever they're going to throw at us and the concealed carry option now so it's like you know, that's a big part for a lot of Americans. They're out there carrying concealed. And how often are you training or practicing in such a way that you're going to deploy that weapon if you need to? So, you know, it's just a great opportunity to use my free time mm -hmm. to continue to get better Challenge. for work or yeah. just for my personal life to be able to defend myself and those I care about. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great weekend. <laughs> well, the last thing i like to wrap up with is... Uh... Moments of pure just clarity. Well, they're never really clear. Comedy. Stupid <laughs> moments where we're like, I cannot stop laughing about this. So, do you have some funny moments? Oh my Maybe God. Maybe through the job, through you know, competition, or just everyday life? Man, trying to think of something. I mean, so I love to laugh. If I could be laughing all the time. That would be my prob probably my number one life goal. Like, uh, my favorite movies are comedies, and I mean, it's really hard to think of something just off the top of my head because I've had so many funny moments, but there's one thing, God, I'm going to have to tell him to listen to this podcast, but uh, basically... <laughs> the first thing that pops to my mind is a buddy I worked with in the police department telling me that pretty much everybody has a story about shitting their pants. Yes. And I said that yes. I don't. I was like, I've never shit my pants. And he's like, you're lying. Everyone has shit their pants. Everyone has a story about shitting their pants. And I was like, I really don't think I do. And he was like, take me for example. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> he was, he's on patrol. He's in full uniform. He went on some sort of call. I think it was like in a commercial office building or something. He goes up, takes the report, does whatever he needs to do. And he's like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> and so he gets in the elevator to go back down. And... First mistake. <laughs> too, too late, right? The elevator was too slow. He didn't get down to the lobby in time. And... He shits himself in his police <laughs> uniform. So he's like, now he's in the elevator using his pocket knife 
to cut his underwear <laughs> off yes, yes. without taking his pants off. So he's trying to cut the underwear out from, from underneath his pants and kind of roll it up and stick it in his pockets like, and, ta- and take the evidence yeah. with him. Yeah. And uh, that is, like... I remember him telling me the story, you know, we're like, of course, it's probably the middle of the night and we're in our patrol cars, like, parked, uh, what happened to me? <laughs> parked window to window, I'm not going to say 69, <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard, and I don't think, maybe I'm not doing the story justice because, you know, him telling it from the first person is even funnier than me trying to retell it, but it was... Well, hilarious. I can tell you right now, <laughs> what unifies us all as human beings, if anything, is going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> so where's yours? I, I feel for this man because I have been where he's been on multiple occasions. <laughs> Not just once, but a couple times. So the first time I shit myself. <laughs> Great liner when you got a nice formal party. <clears throat> it's a great one. So I was in Sears school, getting my ass fucking handed to okay. me. And at the time, you know, after being brand ragged all over the California, you know, area, desert, whatever I was in, being moved and slapped and beaten, mm-hmm. um, they just force fed us water. They're just telling us to drink, forcing us to drink. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that that's part of part of the stuff. And if they if you didn't drink fast enough, you poured out the water, they beat the shit out of you. So you know, I'm thirsty. I'm also hungry. So if I drank water, I didn't feel hungry. And there was a bucket for me to pee in. So that, that's that's kind of how that went. Mm-hmm. So I ended up drinking so much water that I. Diluted my electrolytes in my bloodstream, so I was heading towards hyponatremia, which I didn't know at the time. But you can die from that. You can. Yep. Um, and I, I, I needed to poop, and we're stuck in these kennels. They force us in these dog kennels, you know, tell us to sit on this little plank of wood so we're all cramped up. But what we always do, we just force that little plank of wood underneath our butt. We try to get as comfortable as we can, stretch out, <laughs> try to sleep as they're... As they're uh, uh, continually s- fucking with you. Continually fucking with you with these pro- <laughs> this propaganda music from like World War Two. Uh. It's it's annoying as shit. Our baby's crying. Oh god. Oh my god, that sucks so bad. And it's like then there was like this one Chinese propaganda or Vietnamese propaganda. I ended up falling asleep to because they're playing like Vietnamese music or oh. some shit. And I was like, <laughs> finally got some sleep. Um, yeah, the babies were bad. Oh my god, I hated that. That was terrible. Anyways. So I was like, it's hot as hell. You're in this kennel. They're force, forcing you to drink a shitload of water. Like, I'm starving. You know, I'm drinking a lot of water because it's hot and in this dog kennel. And I go to, like, poop in this bucket. Straight water. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, that's not good. All right, cool. So, like, done with the D in the bucket and my bucket's sitting right next to me I'm like great I gotta smell this thing forever you know and then they make us come out and they put the pull the bucket over whatever move the bucket and I get out and I and they tell us you know they're doing some sort of inspection or something I go to stand and 
it just flows right out of me. Nothing, nothing holding it back. There wasn't like an urge. There wasn't an urge. You know, like, like this you, was a complete surprise to you. Complete surprise. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel like like something pressing up against my sphincter saying, "Hey, Aaron, you're about to grow a tail." By the no. way, I'm here. It, it was just whoosh. That's that's it. That's all it was. Just whoosh. Just right down both legs. Oh. And, and I was wearing. Um, I had kept on my long johns. Oh. Because it was cold. Uh-huh. We did this in the wintertime oh, uh, at Sears School. So we were winter, I was at Winter Sears School. So I was cold, and they didn't fully strip me, so I kept my long johns. Ha! <laughs> Mustang! Oh. <laughs> and it just shit all in oh. that, in my boots, in my socks. And I was just, like, filling, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just standing there like, oh, I just shit myself. And the guy comes up and he says something. I don't say anything to him. Fucking hits me so hard I fall on my face and I'm like, (laughs) just like in a moment of complete despair. I was like, that was that was a coming to Jesus moment. I was like, oh my god, that's some rock bottom shit right there. Right, right. like I've never been in that situation. First I'm I'm embarrassed that I shit myself. Second, I get my ass beat for it. Third, I realize it's filled everything and this is not like a it's cool man we'll call time out go back to the hotel no shower off yeah change up yeah. like this is you now live in your poopy pants for, for the next for the next couple week, of days couple yeah, of days yeah those next couple of days oh uh, uh, i had to had to sit in that for another 48 hours i think and then oh. uh, we reached the end of our uh, uh resistance phase yeah God, that was terrible so that's the first time i <laughs> very, very distinct. Second time I did it, we were going. On, we were on a field exercise, and I'm some corporal at this time, and I'm basically uh, uh, the bitch. And I'm basically doing bitch work, and I'm running around E4 trying to do something when I, I don't really matter, and I'm trying to help out, and I'm just running around all over the place, and I just feel it coming, and I'm like, ooh, that's not good. Take another step, and I'm like, and I'm fully kitted up fully kitted up and we're setting up this like gargantuan circus in the middle of camp panel 10 Mm -hmm. you know field exercise bs right and i'm helping set up the tent and all the other crap running or and i just like and i can see the portage on it's 300 yards that way and i'm like okay i can make it I can make it, you know, I'm squeezing the butt cheeks hard, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, nope, nope, oh. nope, right, right as my hand t- just, like, grazes, grazes that oh. portobello, John, and I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> it, just, it, it does the same thing again, just, whoosh, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm wearing silkies, and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and so I kind of, like, waddle in, and I'm like, pull my pants down I'm like is it in my pants like no it's not in my pants and I see it's all in my silky oh. and I'm like hoot, hoot, hoot. and you took your pocket hoot. knife and cut them off <laughs> I, whip, I, whip, I whip out that little that freaking pig sticker that they gave us and I'm like yep this is the only time I'm using this flip flip and just no I had um, shears I had trauma medical, shears I had trauma shears coming back from Afghanistan because they gave us all trauma shears and to stick with our, our kit, you know, for 
for cutting off the uniform and stuff. So I pull off the trauma shears and I, I cut off my, my oh. shit soaked oh. silkies and just let those fall to the portage on. And I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's the second time. I mean, at least it was more contained, I guess. <laughs> True. Br- on the bright side. On the bright side. The seer one sounds like by far the worst thing to ever happen yeah, to anyone ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty bad. And I was I was young at the time. I was just like, I'm not saying this to anyone at all. And then and then as I get older, I'm like, everybody shits themselves yeah. eventually. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, Damn, there's, dude. There's, there's my fun. Well, I'm due for one because I don't think that I ever have. So. Uh, it will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll be sure to you'll be the first person to hear about it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna look on my Instagram and be when like, oh, what's up? Pants. She's like, I just shit myself. That's right. Nice. Let's yeah. get you on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get really dig into the details on that one with so, our next chat. So there it was, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, gotta gotta paint like That's just right. like this dark, descriptive yeah. picture. You know, mm-hmm. dark in the middle of the night, and I was about to, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, something ridiculous. Well, it's been fantastic. This was super fun. I'm so glad that we connected on Instagram. Um, you know, like, again, it's really cool to meet awesome people and to go from being, like, internet friends to, like, actual real-life friends. Nice, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, this was super fun. We're going to get to shoot guns tomorrow and lift stuff. I know. I'm going to get to shoot these awesome guns where Mm. I am spoiled for the weekend for sure. So, yeah, thanks to Triarch. Big shout out to those guys for being as cool as they are. And uh, they didn't hesitate to help me out when I was in need. So, it's awesome. For me, the adventure continues. For I get to drive another 37 minutes back. And set, set up. No, we're good. And set up my tent and camp in the dark. That's right. Oh, it's gonna be super fun. Real adventure guy stuff. I'm gonna crank the air conditioning to like 55 <laughs> degrees in here and sleep in this comfy bed and, and hibernate while yeah. I, I sleep on the ground. In yeah. The middle. You get bit by those big ass pterodactyl bugs that we saw flying around. <laughs> Florida's whack, man. Don't get eaten by a gator or something, cause. Oh no! I'll be there bright and early. Probably with a stiff back and a cup of coffee being like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Careful with the coffee. You might shit yourself. <laughs> oh, I did that earlier. <laughs> I almost did. I was, I was like, whoop, I drink a little too much coffee. <laughs> but, Damn, dude. Well, good luck editing this because of the change of venues and I, all the scattered uh, topics not, that we covered. That, but it might be fun just to like, send it. <laughs> People are going to be like, what is what this bullshit? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pad Ass Adventure Radio Podcast. If you like this episode and you would like to listen to more, please follow and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast. And please remember to rate and review. Maybe leave a couple of comments. See how, you know, tell me how good I am, how bad I am. All it does is it helps out. Thank you. And if you want to see more content that I might have available through the Badass Adventure Company, find me at badass underscore adventure company on instagram and at badass adventure company on facebook well folks that's it for now and until next time get out there and get it